Welcome to The Long Tell, a collection of fantastic folk tales from around the world. We will take you from the forests of India to the cold streets of Romania. So come, sit and listen to the wonders of The Long Tell. Hello there, I am the Tellmaster, and I handpicked all of the tales for your listening pleasure. This week's collection of tales are based on generosity. My storytellers will take you to the fields of Ghana, the dusty country roads of Czech Republic, and finishing in a baker's shop in the United States of America. Care to join us? Bringing Back the Sun, a tale from Ghana, read by Akbar. Chief Kwame lived near Volta with his wife and many servants. He had a short, handsome young son named Kofi. At that time, there was no sun, only dull, overcast skies all day and the bright moon at night. One day, Kofi asked his beloved father, Why doesn't the sun shine here, father? Chief Kwame looked sad and replied, It was stolen away a very long time ago, my dear son. I'll go and get the sun back for you, father, said Kofi. Kofi cut down a large tree and hollowed it out to make a strong canoe. When the canoe was ready, wild animals came out of the green forest and begged Kofi to take them on his adventure. We will get you the sun. If the thieves won't give it back, we'll sting him, buzzed the wasps. I can see better than anyone, and I could fly away with the sun for you, whistled the kite. Welcome aboard, cried Kofi. And all the animals crowded into the canoe until there was only just room for him. For days, Kofi paddled along the river through the forest until at least he came to the land of Chief Yao, who had hidden the sun. Kofi asked very politely, Please, may I buy the sun from you? Chief Yao didn't want to sell the sun, but when he saw the fierce leopard, a huge baboon, and all the other animals that were in the canoe, he knew it would be difficult to keep it. Very well, but I'll have to take my son to decide for on a fair price. Go rest for a while. Kofi agreed and sat down in the shade of a tree. Chief Yao hurried to his daughter. Essie, I want to kill this man. Pour up some poison for me. The chief didn't know the wasp that was hovering near him. The wasp flew to Kofi and warned him what the chief was planning. When the chief invited Kofi into Essie's hut, Kofi pretended he knew nothing of the poison. He talked to Essie, and she so liked this handsome young man, she secretly poured the poison away. While they were talking, the tortoise found the sun hidden in a cave. It dragged it out and held it tightly. The kite gripped the tortoise on its claws and lifted. For the first time, the sun rose up in the sky. When Kofi and the animals saw the sun shining over the forest, they rushed to the canoe and Essie went with them. Kofi paddled as fast as he could. Chief Yao, furious and with his warriors, gave chase, but a huge swarm of wasps stung them until they ran away. Kofi paddled his canoe back to his village. Father, I have brought back the sun for you. His father and all the people cheered. They were delighted the sun was going to rise again. Every morning, lighting up the forest and making the days bright, Kofi married Essie and they were happy. Kofi told the story of his adventure repeatedly. He told his children and his grandchildren and the people who live in the forest are still telling the story today.
Ghana was the first independent African country in my native homeland. What a delight to hear such a tale. I don't know about you, but all this adventuring has left me hungry, just in time for our second tale. The Baker, a tale from America, read by Emily. In the Dutch colonial town, later known as Albany, New York, there lived a baker, Van Amsterdam, who was as honest as he could be. Each morning, he checked and balanced his scales, and he took great care to give his customers exactly what they paid for, not more and not less. Van Amsterdam's shop was always busy because people trusted him and because he was a good baker as well. And never was the shop busier than in the days before December the 6th, when the Dutch celebrate St. Nicholas Day. At that time of year, people flocked to the baker's shop to buy his fine St. Nicholas cookies. Made of gingerbread, iced in red and white, they looked just like St. Nicholas as the Dutch know him. Tall and thin, with a high red bishop's cap and a long red bishop's cloak. One St. Nicholas Day morning, the baker was just ready for business when the door of his shop flew open. In walked an old woman, wrapped in a long black shawl. I have come for a dozen of your St. Nicholas cookies. Taking a tray, Van Amsterdam counted out twelve cookies. He started to wrap them, but the woman reached out and stopped him. I asked for a dozen. You have given me only twelve. Madame, said the baker, everyone knows that a dozen is twelve. But I say a dozen is thirteen, said the woman. Give me one more. Van Amsterdam was not a man to bear foolishness. Madame, my customers get exactly what they pay for, not more and not less. Then you may keep the cookies. The woman turned to go but stopped at the door. Van Amsterdam, however honest you may be, your heart is small and your fist is tight. Fall again, mount again, learn how to count again. Then she was gone. From that day, everything went wrong in Van Amsterdam's bakery. His bread rose too high or not at all. His pies were sour or too sweet. His cakes crumbled or were chewy. His cookies were burnt or doughy. His customers soon noticed the difference. Before long, most of them were going to other bakers. That old woman has bewitched me, said the baker to himself. Is this how my honesty is rewarded? A year passed. The baker grew poorer and poorer. Since he had sold little, he baked little, and his shelves were nearly bare. His last few customers slipped away. Finally, on the day before St Nicholas Day, not one customer came to Van Amsterdam's shop. At day's end, the baker sat alone, staring at his unsold St Nicholas cookies. I wish St Nicholas could help me now, he said. Then he closed his shop and went sadly to bed. That night, the baker had a dream. He was a boy again, one in a crowd of happy children, and there in the midst of them was St Nicholas himself. The bishop's white horse stood beside him, 
its baskets filled with gifts. Nicholas pulled out one gift after another and handed them to the children. But Van Amsterdam noticed something strange. No matter how many presents Nicholas passed out, there was always more to give. In fact, the more he took from the baskets, the more there seemed to hold. Then Nicholas handed a gift to Van Amsterdam. It was one of the baker's own St. Nicholas's cookies. Van Amsterdam looked up to thank him, but it was no longer St. Nicholas standing there. Smiling down at him was the old woman with the long black shawl. Van Amsterdam awoke with a start. Moonlight shone through the half-closed shutters as he lay there thinking. I always give my customers exactly what they pay for, he said. Not more and not less. But why not give more? The next morning, St. Nicholas Day, the baker rose early. He mixed his gingerbread dough and rolled it out. He moulded the shapes and baked them. He iced them in red and white to look just like St. Nicholas. And the cookies were as fine as any he had made. Van Amsen had just finished when the door flew open. In walked the old woman with the long black shawl. I have come for a dozen of your St. Nicholas cookies. In great excitement, Van Amsterdam counted out 12 cookies and one more. In this shop, he said, from now on, a dozen is 13. You have learned to count well, said the woman. You will surely be rewarded. She paid for the cookies and started out. But as the door swung shut, the baker's eye seemed to play a trick on him. He thought he glimpsed the tail end of a long red cloak. And as the woman foretold, Van Amsterdam was rewarded. When people heard he counted 13 as a dozen, he had more customers than ever. What a lovely man. Nothing like the smell of fresh bread in the morning. On to our final tale. Imagine the scene. It's cold and it's windy and you only have a nail in your pocket for comfort. Big Rusty Nail. A tale from Czech Republic, read by Cassidy. Once upon a time, a tired and hungry man marched down a dusty country road. He shivered as the wind blew through the holes in his dirty coat. Pushing his hands deep into his pockets, he carefully searched them for a coin. But all he found was a big rusty nail. When he reached the village, he knocked on the door of the first house that he came to, but no one answered. He knocked again, louder this time. At last, he heard the sound of a key in the lock and some bolts being unlocked. The door opened a few inches and a mean old woman peered out. Good evening, madam, said the cold man. I wonder if you could spare a cold, hungry man a bite to eat. The old woman opened the door a little wider. No, but you can come in for a few minutes and warm yourself. Soon the man was sitting by the roaring fire with the old woman sitting opposite him. After a while, the man took the big rusty nail from his pocket, wiped it on his sleeve and flipped it from hand to hand and said, Yesterday, I had the best soup with just this old nail. What nonsense. You can't make soup with a nail, cackled the old woman. If you had such a thing as a big pot of water, I would show you, answered the man. 
Scrambling, the old woman fetched a big pot and put it on the stove. When the water was boiling, the man dropped in the nail. After waiting five minutes, he picked up the spoon and tasted the water. Mmm, tasty. Could do with just a little pepper and salt. If you have them, he said. When the old woman opened the cupboard from them, the man could see the shelves were stacked with food. He added the pepper and the salt into the pot and tasted the water again. Delicious, he said. I think it could do just with an onion and then it would be perfect. The old woman hurried away, peeled and chopped a big onion and dropped it into the pot. The man stirred the boiling water and tasted it again. Yes, he said thoughtfully. But maybe it needs a carrot and some meat if you have it. The old woman hurried away again and came back with a carrot and a piece of meat. The man stirred them into the pot. You know potatoes would be perfect in this soup, he said. The old woman brought potatoes peeled and cut into chunks. The man dropped them in and sat down by the fire. After 30 minutes, he tasted the soup. That's perfect now. Come join me in eating the soup, madam. Smiling, the old woman laid the table with a cloth and her best bowls. The man poured the soup and sat down at the table with the old woman. He slipped his spoon into the soup and stopped. I wish I had some wine for you to drink with the soup. You've been so kind. I have a bottle somewhere, said the old woman. And she hurried away and soon returned with the wine and two glasses. While the man and the old woman ate and drank, they told each other stories and laughed a lot and had a merry evening. The old woman couldn't remember when she had enjoyed herself so much. When they had eaten all they could and were growing sleepy, the old woman said, It's getting late. I'll make up the bed in the spare room for you. The man thanked her and when she was out of the room, collected the big rusty nail from the bottom of the soup of the pot, wiped it and dropped it into his pocket. Next morning, the man thanked the old woman again. I'd never have believed you could make a good soup with just a big rusty nail. The man smiled and said, it's what you add to it that makes all the difference. How quick time flies when you're having fun. I hope you enjoyed the tales and one day we'll share them with someone special. Join me next week for more of the long tale.